Welcome to How Things Connect podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Wang, and I'm so glad you're here. We'll be sharing modalities for personal transformation and talking to extraordinary healers, thinkers, and leaders who break through boundaries to expand consciousness as part of the regenerative movement. It's all about elevating and inspiring each other to be our most empowered selves as part of our collective evolution. Make sure to subscribe to How Things Connect podcast and join our community on Patreon. Okay, let's get started. Hello and welcome to How Things Connect podcast, where we share insight and wisdom on healing, empowerment, and regeneration that integrates the heart, mind, body, and spirit on both a personal and planetary level. I'm the host and creator, Stephanie Wang, and today it is my, uh, very much my pleasure to welcome Yulian Goodelai. Business Insider recently featured Yulian among the top podcasters to listen to in 2021. Entrepreneur Magazine also showcased Yulian and his Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast as one of the top podcasts to expand your worldview. Yulian highlights the most impactful drivers of environmental and social change as he interviews artists, industry leaders, and philanthropeneurs in the planet's regenerative movement. As he says, the 2020s are the decade of the regenerance of human innovation. And because of that, it is vital that we choose to walk this path every day. Yulian is also the host of weekly summits at Planet Positive Ventures, which is a global think tank, venture capital advisory and accelerator, serving to address humanity's most pressing needs and its symbiotic existence with nature. He is also a transformational leadership coach, breathwork and meditation teacher, who empowers and enables individuals and groups to contribute their unique gifts to the world. In fact, Yulian, you've been so instrumental in helping me launch this podcast as well. How are you doing today? Thank you so much, Stephanie. I'm so excited to be on here with you. I'm doing super well. I'm excited for this conversation. Thanks for the flattering um, introduction and the words. Yeah, this is what I'm dedicated to. I'm giving my best every day to show up in all the ways. And I'm, I'm, just, I'm just curious for what kind of a conversation we're going to have today. Yeah, I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you again for being on the show. Um, I would love to hear about your story as to how you, because I know you grew up, um, you grew up in Germany, but you also spent an incredible amount of time in different countries and managed to learn five different languages before the age of 15. Is that right? I think it was 20 by the time I learned the fifth language, but yeah, ah. roundabout as a young teenager in before, before, you know, the, the adult mind really took over languages kind of playfully found their way into my life that's for sure and was it just a like what motivated you to actually ask that to ask your parents to do that mm. to to have you leave the country in the first place mm. that's a great question and and thanks for asking it because sometimes you know um sometimes I, it, it's not worth going all the way back but i think it is really worth going all the way back to how this actually originated and started now as i'm 33 as we're having this interview i would call this like a spiritual initiation from spirit or my spirit kind of intervening into the, the process of life that was going on. Back then, I had no understanding of why this happened or how this is happening. I was simply following my curiosity. But it happened mm -hmm. at a very interesting time. And, and for those of you that, you know, have read some of Rudolf Steiner's work or, you know, have just followed 
um, work like that in general, life seems to happen in seven-year cycles. If we look at biology and the way our cells renew, if we look at, um, you know, developmental phases of the brain. And so when I was about 14, right about at the end of the second seven-year cycle in my life, this just came through. And it, it was like, I want to go abroad. I want to learn another language. I want to, I want to leave and see something else. And it wasn't so much a running away, more so than just this, you know, I'm a Sagittarius, um, this like, let me just go out and do my thing kind of energy. And luckily, my parents didn't think it was a crazy idea. Um, quite the opposite. My dad was like, I will support you to do that. Um, and, and yeah, we, we, you know, at roundabout at the same time, we also had an exchange student in our house for about six months from the US. So that made it easier to kind of normalize this. And, and so like a year later, at the age of 15, I found myself in Paraguay, South America, and there's literally no day or no week in my life where I don't thank this family and those circumstances to having hosted me and having created, you know, not necessarily special circumstances, but just different circumstances, because this really is a red thread through all my life is that we're in, in very interesting times on the planet. And one of the biggest skills that is required is the resilience and the reconciliation with things that are different than what we believe is right or wrong. Absolutely. Absolutely. You bring up a really important point um, because I mean, I'm, I'm thinking tracing back to my sort of where I came from and which is Hong Kong and how I left Hong Kong for school in the US and in the UK and how I actually traveled. I think I had my first uh, I think by about 21, I had been to 52 countries already or something like wow. that. Yeah, but I had not learned five languages. However, I love to travel and I was very, very blessed and privileged to have, um, uh, number one, been brought up by a family that we, you know, we, we actually traveled to many countries and then also on my own later on. That's what I did uh, because I just loved it. And there is a common thread that we find when we go to other countries, when we meet people that maybe in our minds, in school books or in the or in media, you've, you know, um, somehow imagined them to be a certain way. And then you get there and you realize, wait a minute, okay, there's some similarities to what I originally expected, but really there's so much more to discover. And there's so much more in common in many ways and many things different, and yet, when you're actually in the same space, in the presence of another, and that they're in, the, in your presence, that there is a, there's magic that happens. There is a, a, connect, a connectivity, a, a sense of belonging almost, even if you are a foreigner in a country that's not your own, simply because you are physically there. And now you've taken your culture, which is you and what you've embodied your whole life, into a new space. And there's some something an interesting mezcla that happens there when that happens um, 100% I totally agree there's you know maybe just to to distinguish there I think there can be a form of tourism or exploration that is kind of pointless and it's just an addition to this like mindless mm -hmm. consuming of the same things or just you know everyone checks off the bucket list to go to the same places and I don't want to necessarily criticize that um, too badly but I think there is a, a bit of a discernment to make between that kind of exploration and then the exploration that intentfully you do as an individual or you do as a group to broaden your horizon to get to know another place to get to know another um, group of people to get to know other ways of thinking looking at the world and when we are on that kind of journey of exploration 
something real shows up and that is learning that is a lifelong yes. learning and that's yes. really what what i got kind of positively addicted to is there's a sensation in my brain in my mind in my heart in my soul and and that's what led me to learn five languages before the age of 20 that that just understands that when i'm exposed to learning i'm growing and i'm mm -hmm. moving out of the ego regularly it doesn't mean i'm <laughs> enlightened and i'm done with the work on this planet quite the opposite it shows you really vividly where you're where you have a lot to learn but that process is really interesting and that process is really yeah i would say it's just it's just real and and so i liked that from an early age and still i'm you know i'm continuously looking where can i expose myself to those kind of circumstances to see how can i respond how can i be of service how can i offer value to the people uh, around me and you know, it, it's not linear that it, that that means every time you leave a place and you go somewhere else, there isn't also the danger of leaving a negative footprint. But I mm -hmm. think this is exactly what we have to learn at this point of our evolution on the planet is how do we as humans understand our role as a keystone species, mm -hmm. right? Just like the shark in the water, mm -hmm. we, we are here for a reason. And so I don't believe in leaving no footprint. I believe in understanding what a graceful footprint is both on a climate and pollution um, question, as well as on a social and kind of social integration question. Thank you for that answer. Uh, it's, it's a really important distinction to make. And I think the three things that distinguish it are curiosity, which you mentioned that openness to learning, which I'm also passionate about, and hence I'm doing this podcast as well. And, you know, um, there is the intention part of it because the attitude that we bring, whether it's humility, or a domineering attitude, or I'm better than you, or whatever that may be, an ego attitude, versus one that is, is, is openness and learning and in compassion, it makes the world of difference. And we miss out so much when we are not aware of that difference or when we don't choose to actually walk that path. Uh, and um, you, know, you talk about how, and I completely agree with you, how in this day and age, it's you know, not, it's not about, because we're always going to make impact wherever we go, whether, whether it's negative or, or positive, that is also kind of relative in many ways. However, understanding and having that awareness is actually part of making sure that, you know, hopefully we're going in the direction of creating more connection, more openness, more communication, and greater understanding rather than the opposite. And, you know, you're, when you mentioned regenesance, which I love that term, is that regenerative, regenerative renaissance? Yeah, that is regenerative renaissance. And I, I, I can't claim I made this word up by myself. I think it's a term that's, that's starting to show up in, in different, you know, um, cultural kind of activist groups and, and also, you know, artistic groups, because really, um, let, let's address the elephant in the room. Like we're at a time on the planet where it's kind of, make it or, or don't make it right and so what i mean with make it is we we need a cultural renaissance mm -hmm. we're actually absolutely in, another elephant in the room is the global pandemic is 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 covid and the coronavirus and how it has just separated people from connecting with each other and so if you look back to the renaissance in italy um that happened after the bubonic plague uh struck right so after these, Very good these, point. these dips of mm -hmm. experience in our, in our human evolution, there's a great opportunity. And I'm not saying 
everyone's ready for that quite yet, but I'm saying some of us are, and some of us have their eyes and their focus on what are we birthing here that allows ultimately all people to thrive. And with people mm -hmm. is maybe even not inclusive enough, all beings on this planet to thrive. And that's a, that's a long way to go. There's a lot of work to do. And we have a lot of reconciliation to do from the pain of the old system. You know, a lot of composting of that old system to do. But if you look a little closer, that process is really happening. There is a hospicing and a dying process mm -hmm. of old systems, of old ways of interacting, of um, old forms of leadership. And there is a birthing process, a creative birthing process, like a renaissance that has started to happen beyond just the ability of technology, just through the, the consciousness that's birthing in the people. And so for me, that's the regenesis. It's, it's when the regenerative way of connecting to life, the regenerative culture and our understanding of nature's ability to regenerate at any moment, um, when that takes over and we organize in, in new ways as people, I don't know where that's going to take us, but I know magic ensues. And I think for right here, right now, that's, that's a very important um, kind of focus point to, to be aware of and to pivot back to again and again, because the world around us mm -hmm. has a lot of distractors and some of them are maybe important to be informed about, but others not so much. And so when I say system, an old system is kind of in the process of hospicing and dying, it also means our habits that are related to this old system. If it is the way we used to consume news or the way we used to be addicted to um, bread and games, namely sports, if it's soccer, basketball, or American football, or whatever it may be, the way we, you know, we, we're just tuning in to these, these old habits of being connected to, to a world. Individually, those are little things we can let go of. And then as this space opens in our world, now suddenly we have more creative energy to address something that we've always wanted to address, to live out a dream, to, to connect with our neighbors, to um, stand up, speak up, and, and really share why we're on this planet. And um, for some people, that's utopian, but I think it's really the reason why we're here. And more people want to live the reason why they're here rather than just following some kind of modus operandus. Absolutely. We're here to grow and learn. This is a school, planet Earth. You know, there is choice in how we want to, what kind of perspective we want to take. And I think you, you really, you said it beautifully just now uh, in terms of what opportunity this period is giving us. And it's, no, it's not a new thing. And I think, you know, we live these short lifetimes, but if you look at history, there's always these cycles, right? Right now we, we're in a so-called fourth turning where, you know, established structures start to crumble to make way for the new to come in. But without pressure and without conflict, there isn't the opportunity. We do have to actually come head to head in, in many ways. It takes that pressure for new birth to happen. That happens in, in actual birth when the baby's head puts pressure on the cervix and literally that pressure is needed in order for the cervix to expand in order for that birth to happen. Without that, it's, it's, it's not gonna, <laughs> It's not going to work, and you know it's. I think in terms of taking and have, excuse me, having the awareness and actually being able to see things in a new way and experiencing them. Certainly, 2020 has opened up more room, more space, and given that to us as a gift for us to reflect, for us to make choices that may be different, that 
um, we may not know the answer to, but until we actually take that step, how would we know if this is actually not something even more expansive? And that's been a very trying process and challenging process for a lot of us. And at the same time, if we can sort of step back and realize, my goodness, this is actually part of the natural process evolution, the natural process of how we as a species continue on and move forward, we begin to not normalize it, but we begin to, begin to accept it in a way that perhaps is more healthy, in a way that is more, um, more forgiving, a way that more, is more compassionate, not just towards ourselves, but towards others as well. And I think this is the excitement that I always hear when I listen to your podcasts, Julian, when, I, when I'm on um, Green Planet, Blue Planet, and it's also the same kind of excitement that gets me up in the morning when I go, all right, stuff may not be happening the way I want them to. Stuff isn't happening maybe the way that I'd like it to at the moment. And yet at the same time, you know, this is, you know, kind of having this awareness begins to, to give a context in which I can reimagine a new world. If that makes yeah. sense. It makes total sense. And I think this is, there, there, there's a very poignant piece that you you're addressing which is this this idea of change is only happening or utopia cannot happen because it needs to all be done at the same time and i think that's that's an illusion in itself that everything will shift and then uh, overnight yeah. it's the the magic date it's the magic moment the <laughs> magic silver bullet and all the problems are gone and no one has a different intention other than goodness and i i think this is a very linear way that the brain likes to think and then likes to kind of, you know, internally mm -hmm. as well as in many conversations, we can see that either argue in favor, or argue against. And I think when we step away from this kind of silver bullet thinking and believing, mm -hmm. we start seeing that life happens in all shades of colors. And that is really, well, that's really the main message. Life happens in all shades of colors. And so let's start accepting it and seeing it for what it is and understanding these shades of colors, this diversity, this expression, this mm -hmm. genius miracle of life for, for the rhythms that it has, right? So um, one thing, and I know and we're, we're, we're talking about how things connect. And so we can, we can talk about prophecies and indigenous wisdom. And, and this, is, this is pointed towards this time in our life, this, this timeline of, of you know, 2012, 2020 and, and, and shifts in the cosmological kind of constellation of our planet Earth. And so if we zoom out to this cosmological constellation, I'll just make a very simple example. No human, no company, no corporation, no president has ever done a single thing for the sun to rise or the moon to rise or literally us eclipsing the sun and so you know sunrise to occur so why i'm mentioning this is because there is a natural intelligence on such a divine level such a like beyond explaining uh, needing to explain it level that that's always happening that sunshine then turns into literal life on this planet through through water through photosynthesis and through the interplay of air and water and you know the way that mm -hmm. that sunlight turns into food and, and you know i mean i'm, I'm not the, the best biologist to explain this or to most eloquently express this, but I want to point at it because that's the miracle of life. And now when we as individuals and as a collective start to harmonize with that miracle of life, mm -hmm. and we don't even need to call it esoteric things. It's just also the, 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 the process of biology on this planet. Something changes. 
And then you could say we're going back to the indigenous way of being because for the indigenous peoples that, that I've met, that I know you've met, that you know, other people are, 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 are messengers for that, um, that speak up for themselves, of course, as well. Words like sustainable, they make no sense. What does that even mean? Like you're either in harmony with nature or, or, or you're acting in this kind of disconnected way where you're trying to explain and express things so that you can create, um, you know, like illusionary goals for it. in the year 2050, we will again have a, a carbon output off. That, that's all complexifying something that is much more simple mm -hmm. and, and much more miraculous, actually. And that's the process of life. That is, that is, for me, when we put life at the center of our understanding of our intelligence and surrender to that process of life to then express ourselves as a keystone species. And, you know, I'm, I'm more a philosopher in that sense than a, a scientist who's going to explain to you every process and the step. But I think as a, um, a general viewpoint, there's something real about harmonizing with the forces of nature and there's something mm -hmm. very disconnected and therefore not real about um, a capitalist consumerist society that tries to just grow 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 and, um, that doesn't again that doesn't mean all of that is now negative and it needs to be a silver bullet right. over here because life does happen in 50 shades of gray with much better penmanship absolutely absolutely i feel that you know in terms of looking at the regenerative movement and one aspect which we've been talking about that's often it's, it's you no know, people think of regeneration they think oh okay the next step further from sustainability but there's one definition which i love which is the aspect of actually having the intergenerational um having that bridging that inter intergenerational understanding and by that i mean there is the ancient knowledge that we've always had as a human race doesn't we don't even have to go into specific geography in terms of where the indigenous wisdom lies because it lies in so many places on the planet and inherently yes. we have that in our genes we have that no matter what race what color what doesn't matter uh, what religion it has um, doesn't matter at all and that we carry that information that intelligence right and you know in terms of looking at the models of how we view and as like, you know, the silver bullet or not, and okay, let's implement these policies for this result. There is a much simpler way and it is through nature. It is literally through feeling and through being in presence together with our environment and with nature. It, it's as simple as going into the countryside, going into a jungle, going into the mountains, going into caves, whatever it is that is, is, is part of the natural environment and just being there and not trying to think about anything else and just letting yourself be in that space. And this is such a simple, simple thing. And yet, you know, we are so culturally, again, no matter where you're from, because it's a global culture these days, um, how mind focused we are, how we're always, even in the trying to solve the problem, we get in our own way. And we actually bypass 100%. the quickest, the quickest, the quickest uh, shortcut that we can actually have. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think, you know, th this is the challenge of our day and time is surrendering the thinking capacity for a bit, finding that coherence within yourself. That's, that's for me, that's mind or, 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 or the thinking brain, heart, 
the, in, in the intuitive intelligence and gut, right? The, the mm -hmm. genetic intelligence and, and the, the social consciousness intelligence as well, because that is very much in the gut center and, and so, or in the, in the microbiome. And so when we, when we do our doing to bring that into coherence, we now suddenly start perceiving a, a very different world. And we realize um, only hanging out in the, in the thinking brain and having discussions from that perspective is, is possible, but it won't lead us anywhere else to, than, than we already know. And so that's, I think, what, what I would call harmony with nature. And that's when we talk about indigenous um, peoples, you know, as we're having this interview, I'm sitting in Brazil and Brazil is a very interesting and, and very uh, po polar place as well, because there's both massive wisdom and then also massive destruction present. But if we go the deeper and deeper, we go into the rainforest or we go into the jungle, as we call it, right? This harmony with nature becomes essential because there's the point where unless you destroy everything, which is part of what, you know, the, the colonial mindset has, has started mm -hmm. to do. But unless you, you destroy everything, you cannot dominate the place because right. the place is so powerful. So exactly. you have Can't, to- You cannot subjugate. Point, no, you <laughs> have to at some point possible. understand your role within that place because at night you'll, you'll not be a predator anymore. At night you're, you'll be the prey, even as a big human being, even with a gun or fire, like you, you, have, you have no chance but to surrender to the place. And so that doesn't mean we all have to go to the jungle to learn this. And it's a very extreme example I'm bringing up, but it's just one of the many examples. And in a city, we've lost this level of connection mm -hmm. to understand, wait, wait a second, what is our role here? What is my role here? What is my role with my brothers and sisters? And so we live in these extreme worlds where we have some last wisdom keepers, which you know we keep mentioning the indigenous peoples from all mm -hmm. places, not just, not just the Amazon and not just Brazil. And then this indigenous kind of genetic understanding that we all have as we're residents on planet Earth, you know, for, for mm -hmm. a, a short lifetime. And then we have this extreme other mindset of disconnection, mm -hmm. where it's about the individual, where it's about the, the enriching of the individual. And we're, we're just noticing that, you know, on the very most pragmatic level, it's, that's not going to lead to any other place than more destruction and more separation. And so I think, you know, coming full circle to the topic of the regenesis, those of us, and, and you listening, you, you're part of this, those of us who feel this, those of us who see this, those of us who have been observing this for a while, there is simply no turning back. That is, that is what we're facing. We're facing a time in which our evolutionary reaction is needed. Mm -hmm. And that's a great time to be alive because it's a truly exciting time. Unless, of course, you're surrendering into, into fear and hypnosis of the media that tells you that we're all doomed. Because we're not doomed. Life is, life is here. Life is here right now. And we don't need to save life itself. But we can start to harmonize with it more and more and more again, which, you know, looks different for every individual. That's why it's so hard to make it clear to someone who doesn't feel that yet. Because it's not that I have all the solutions or answers. But the consciousness that's informing me to take the actions I'm taking is continuously guiding me. And all I'm doing as an individual is, you know, sometimes better, sometimes poorer, attuning to that level of guidance, attuning mm -hmm. to this place where consciousness speaks to me and then also through me. Absolutely. And it's, it's we cannot attune if we are too busy in the head, head when we're too distracted with burying ourselves in social media or whatever other distractions that are around us and you know that's that's the point is 
our environment and our world is constantly giving us messages and signals, is constantly abundantly giving us opportunity to actually realize a lot of these truths. We simply have to allow ourselves to open up to this and to receive it. And this is the thing that, that you know, it's so easy when one is in a panic, when one is in fear or anger, you, you get everything gets so narrow. We contract, you know, in our bodies, we contract in our thoughts, in our hearts. And what that also does is suddenly the world looks very scary. It looks like there's no solution or that, oh, by the time you figure it out, solutions can be too late anyway. So why don't we just give up hope? But that is an illusion, actually. And I think you and I are very, um, are, are not to say we ha don't have our challenging moments, of course, that we do, as everyone does, but that to, to know and understand that is actually really helpful as we navigate in life. And, you know, to, to, to bring that actually to why we both are doing this, and this is not to like <laughs> hype our, our shows, but, you know, we're, we share so much commonality, so much, so many aligned goal, you know, aligned um, goals and objectives and why we're doing this. It's, it is for me, at least I can say, it's about reverberating this, these ideas. It's, a, it's about having this connect with someone, whoever's listening on the other side and having it reach a certain place and then go, oh, wow, you know, there's more than just, there's a lot of people actually who are in this movement. It's not just me. And if I've had these thoughts, guess what? There are ways that I can participate. Absolutely. There's ways, right? And, you know, I think this is, if, if I, I, I believe this is why we're doing what we're doing is in this, in these discussions, in this media that we're creating that isn't about something that is, you know, um, negative or contracting, that there is more, mm, more volume of positivity, you could say, of affirmation, of possibility that could get out there and could hopefully inspire others. Mm. This is really beautiful how you put this. I think at large, we're talking about ontological design. We're talking about design for human states of being or for states of being, right? So um, that doesn't mean everyone has to start a podcast, but it's, uh, it, it means in our, in Stephanie, in your, in, in, in Julian, in my world, it's currently expressing as a digital technology, which is mm -hmm. a podcast, which creates the space for people to listen in on this way of being connected, to also be able to interactively connect. And so when we start designing for experiences rather than end goals and profit only and i don't have any problem with prosperity or wealth i think those are wonderful states of being um and you know they're important because they include health and they include relationships and they include prosperity yet when we design for experiences it's much more encompassing and so this is the time we're in those people that are empowered and ready to express their unique genius into the world they're starting to see themselves design designing experiences that allow others to meet them in this kind of way, where we're kind of flipping around this pyramid of like, look, just follow me, follow me. And mm -hmm. to look, no, we're actually a group of peers that is having a similar-ish experience. And from that place now, we can connect with more people and we can experience and live new ways of relating. And so I think this is step one, is to really understand we're collectively in a time where, where this ontological design becomes more and more and more important, right? 
And so mm-hmm. that's part of regeneration. It's, yes. it's, of course, regenerative agriculture. And it's also regeneration based on these principles that are inspired by nature that allow people to have different experiences with nature. Absolutely. Let me add one more thing then. Mm-hmm. Because this is kind of the opposite of the silver bullet. Mm-hmm. The silver bullet, again, it, it's simply the mind trying to figure out the one solution, the one fix, the fast mm-hmm. fix, right? Is looking at a linear better. But really, right. regeneration also means it's a developmental process that considers that there's a hole and then there's nested holes that are part of kind of like a spiral that keeps moving into both directions. And so it's systems. It's, it's always systems. looking at everything in systems. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's systems and interaction of systems. And mm-hmm. it's the developmental experience of that, which, which means, you know, we're all having a parallel reality to each other, meaning we have seven or eight billion lenses of a human experience on this planet. And not yes. all of them are the, are the same. And so the mind's way of trying to make this all very linear is at a certain point, it's just not helpful anymore to create something new. It, it will only continue to create the same. And so regeneration and regenerative design or ontological design for experiences is based on this principle that nature inspires for a whole other way of, mm-hmm. um, you know, you could say it very economically, like a multi-stakeholder engagement not just involvement, but engagement where people are mm-hmm. um, part of these experiences and are not just waiting for leadership or um, governments to decide and make things. That is a very key point because it's, it's interesting, right? Because we, are, we live in this world where there's duality, where there's up, down, left, right, good, bad, what people can, you know, consider as good or bad, but you know, if you start to really understand every aspect of life, you start to see that, you know, you can make arguments for both. One thing is both can be both good or bad, up and down. What is what decides even simple things like cold and hot? What's cold for you is hot for me. I can't, you know, that is really always a sliding scale. And there's always opposites, excuse me, within the opposites, there's always the other, right? And in terms of how we, again, in our culture generally, and especially in Western culture, Eastern culture is interesting because we, we go in the spiral direction a lot more. We believe in reincarnation, not everyone, but that's a lot of that is from the East. Um, it's circle versus linear. Everything is cyclical. And even on planet Earth, what's interesting, if you look at human civilization, there's also the, these polarities that, that exist that are seeming polarities but they're really not. They're just the other side of looking at the same thing called life. And when, you know, the way to avoid that silver bullet mentality and to get away perhaps from a less useful, hey, what's the quick fix? Because we're so used to problem, fix it. How do we fix it? Right. And it becomes this similar domineering subjugation. Let's fix it. This is bad as opposed to looking it with, um, with a broader perspective, with a complete perspective. And this, this, is, this, is a, this is gonna sound like a big leap, but it really isn't, is that, for example, you look at Green Planet, Blue Planet, your podcast, and it's so much about tying together, you know, how 
our connection, humanity with nature and how climate and everything that's being degraded right now and our inability to understand our role as part of the greater whole, instead of us being the top of the food chain and the, the impact that that has and how if we just shift that perspective to understand that we are actually part of a greater whole, that is huge. And in fact, as you said earlier, it's not about, okay, let's create something new, reinvent the wheel, because yes, it will create the same, it will create exactly the same problems. If we do not fundamentally understand that a lot of what we're looking for is, are actually, is actually here already, mm -hmm. just as, just as, a lot of what indigenous peoples have known for thousands of years, thousands of years. Right now, suddenly it's this modern idea like, oh my God, we should do biodynamic farming or something like that. And you're like, guess what? Actually, that's been around for so long. And we're rediscovering this in, in new ways. But you know, if we really embrace the concept of regeneration and the regenerative movement, then we start to really respect these different perspectives, these ancient perspectives, and combine it with a lot of the gifts we have today, which is modern science, technology, all of that. And we can, if we can pull that together, including most importantly, our understanding internally of where we stand in the middle of all of this. So instead of being the domineering force, instead, understand that we are part of the greater system and start to look at how everything is part of a greater whole. And within that, there's smaller fractals of that wholeness. We begin to have a whole new experience of life. And- That was and, a big one. Yeah, so, so, so I'm taking this a huge leap, but I'm, what I'm trying to stimulate, I think in people, to, when people think about this, is even if you think about the microcosm of just your body, how often, do we connect with our feelings versus our mind and our thoughts? That itself is a polarity. Polarities are not bad at all. We, we rely on polarities to have energy so that we can create emotions, energy and motion, so that we can have the opportunity to move forward, to create, to evolve. But when we start to understand, wait a minute, it's, it's, we have our soul, we have our heart intelligence, we have our cognitive intelligence, we have our body intelligence, then if we start to acknowledge that within ourselves, we are actually also taking the idea of regeneration and incorporating it, embodying it into ourselves. And believe it or not, and I, okay, I can only speak for myself and my personal experience, but I do believe that when one starts to do that, it gives us a bigger, a greater capability of understanding the connection to each other, the connection to our world, our societies, connection to our planet in ways that are much more expansive and abundant and healthier in the long run. Yeah, beautifully put. That's exactly it. That cognition only arises when we're in an interaction between ourselves, our full self, as you said, the, the different intelligence centers and the environment itself, which goes back to your original question at the very beginning. You know, as a, as a teenager, I didn't understand any of this in a thinking mind, but there is some mm -hmm. kind of a spiritual initiation 
you know, we don't have to believe that it was pre-scripted that I ended up in Paraguay for a year um, growing up in Germany, but, but somehow it happened, you know, it just, it just happened. And so what I was, what I was exposed to was an inactive experience an experience I was able to embody, play with, lean into. And so I was the acting organism interacting with its environment, not just the natural environment, but also the cultural environment. Mm -hmm. And because there were so many different stimuli and I was awake and aware to take them in, because quite frankly, you know, if you don't speak Spanish um, in that specific town I was living in, you had no chance but to learn Spanish. So I had to be an inactive organism in this environment. That's when the change happens, when we're actively engaging beyond the agenda or beyond the plan or beyond the solution of fixing profit, mm -hmm. growth, hierarchy, pyramid, me, the government, they like, that's all, that's all the, the dying system. And, and so it's about an active environments and designing for those kind of states of being, I believe. And I'll add one more point to that, which is embodiment is basically what you're saying is you can think all day long and, but until you have experienced it and until you have the experience and embody it, it's not really happening. And you will not know because we just won't know until we have that experience because it is something we have not had in the past. And, you know, regenerative changes, I believe consciousness evolution happens together with embodiment. I could seriously sit here and think all day long about consciousness. It doesn't do anything. It just yeah. puts me in this crazy mind game with myself that ultimately is a bit of a waste of energy. But when we start to experiment, when we start to step forward, when we start to take action and embody and learn and be curious, that is when embodiment is a fancy word, but all it means really is, you know, do it, step into that new, new place, step into that totally. new, try Lean it out, in, right? leaning in, that's all it is. And then when you start to do that, it's, it, you don't, you know, the words won't even do it justice because then you'll, you know, you'll actually know it in your body. And it's between knowing it knowing it in your in your heart in your body in your in every part of yourself versus thinking it it's entirely different yeah and you know i this is my stretch in this episode i believe personally that when you do this when i do this when anyone does that after a while of doing this there's something that arises in us a notion and awareness that solutions to problems that exist in this world can be experienced, they can take place. And so that I would call this solutionism almost rather than finding the silver bullet solution where mm -hmm. we are allowing in because of embodied experience, this philosophy that there's a better way or a different way possible that you know, allows us as individuals and as groups to move towards a, grow, a growth mindset that is mm -hmm. not growth in an economic sense to infinite growth of economic parameters, but a growth mindset of our consciousness, of our lifelong learning experience that leads to positive planetary change. That's solutionism in that sense. When we, yes. we've, we've had enough experiences that we now 
believe and understand that a positive planetary change is inevitable. That's why we're really here. Yes. And actually trusting in that and leaning into that abundance because it's there. It's there waiting for us. And that's actually a really hopeful message. <laughs> Absolutely. For all yeah. of us, you know. I love that we that we went full circle to that. <laughs> it's a very hopeful message. And yeah. uh, you know, it's it's it only starts being real when we show up for our own journey, which is the embodiment yes. you just mentioned. Because otherwise, the hypnotism of news, media, entertainment, sports, consumption will just keep us disconnected from that embodiment. And when it does that, we're stuck in the mind and then we just have arguments and discussions that are basically pointless. Um, not to say that they're entirely wrong, but they're mm -hmm. basically pointless because the point is to make an experience as the human gift that you are to the world. You are the gift when you show up, when you love yourself, when you step in, when you make positive experiences, when you make challenging experiences, when you make an experience that was so negative that it, it forced you to change, right? That's, that's yes. kind of like the worst case. But when we have those embodiments, that's what starts to happen. We're, we're starting to realize there's much more. And I, again, I don't have to pretend I know the answers. I don't have to claim I know the answers. That time's kind we of just, over because we don't. Yeah, we, just, we don't. We just continue to embody and enact a pathway That's forward. right. And, and as such, we regroup as people. This is a phenomenon I'm really, you know, you mentioned the word regenesis. I'm really tracking there are groups and groups and groups and groups of people that are meeting in this mindset. Everyone listening to this podcast has mm -hmm. a notion of feeling that things actually do connect and actually mm -hmm. things are connected, right? And, and so that's what unites all of us. And that's, Absolutely. What, that's what makes us a, an unpredictable force an evolutionary <laughs> force and i think that's what's exciting we don't need revolutions in the old sense of the world we are here to witness an evolutionary reaction to that that has been i love that absolutely you know we are so i mean it almost sounds like a cliche these days but it is true we are so powerful and we don't even know it and we are you know, we've barely gotten to, um, and not that this is a bad thing, again, this is just part, simply part of our journey, but to really understand that we do hold all the potential and that that potential can be activated and how we activate it is taking that step forward and being okay with being in, in the unknown, being okay with taking that step and having the humility and curiosity to grow and to learn. I think that's that's fundamental for us as a species, um, and it's it's very innate in human nature anyway, and it's something that should be encouraged and supported. And when we start to do that, then we can start to tell new stories, and we become storytellers in a new way. And I actually want to um, circle back to to a very interesting planet positive, the one that just took place with. Um, the summit that uh, just took place with Céline Cousteau, the granddaughter mm -hmm. of Jacques Cousteau. And she just completed this amazing film called Tribes on the Edge, which is about um, the indigenous tribes in the Brazilian Amazon. And one of the things she said that was so poignant was when she was speaking, she's making this film, she's speaking to the tribal leaders and she says, how, how can I help? And they say, tell our story because when you do, it becomes yours. 
When you do, it becomes yours. What that means is when we start to tell these stories, we embody it, it becomes us, we transmit it forward. But for us to, you know, we become part of it, we expand that footprint. And that is incredibly powerful. No, there's, there's something for one, for one, I just had total, uh, you know, tr truth bumps, like this sensation of, of, of just like a deep truth dropping into the body that has like a somatic uh, tone and experience to it. But there's a really big one to this. It's true about Celine and the, the, the Javari tribes that mm -hmm. she's representing because she is telling their story so that their story becomes hers, so that their story can live on, mm -hmm. so that their story is being seen and heard. Now that goes for all of us as solutionists mm -hmm. or in, in this sense. And it actually goes for everyone. If it is mm -hmm. a, a story of life or a story of doom, when we continue mm -hmm. to tell the stories of doom, then this is our story. That doesn't mean that doom will take place, but that's what defines you. When you continue to tell the story of everything that's wrong on this planet, on everything that's dying on this planet, on, on the, the big mass extinction, and all the predictions about how we're destroying the planet. When, if everyone was to tell this story, it would take place. Now, luckily, that's not at all the case. There's many, many, many people that believe in a different planet Earth. But that new Earth that we're all waiting for, that we're all seeing, that the, 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 the prophecies are speaking about, it is embodied and acted through us when we tell its story that's right when we live its story it becomes our story exactly because we've made the choice to tell that story instead when we could tell a different story to remember and this is this is you know i say this to myself a lot just to remember who you are remember who we all are at at our core at our core human beingness which is divine and we absolutely have the opportunity here. It, it is exactly in that telling the story that we create that reality for us. So if we tell a different story, then a lot of what we see around us, which, are, which ends up being not very helpful, which are telling destructive stories, we can tell these new stories that actually manifest essentially the reality that we desire. And, you know, honestly, I think that's why we do what we do. That's a big reason, you know, I think you and I, Julian, that's why we, we like to tell other stories. We like to tell these stories uh, that are very hopeful and promising. Absolutely. That's, that's literally true for me and the reason why I started Green Planet, Blue Planet. There was this notion in my being, there was this calling to continue to express positive stories of this planet being lived and experienced by some of humanity's change makers, social impact makers, philanthropists, artists, those people that dare to be themselves in a time where even though we, we, we might reject this, a lot of conformism happens where people are just conforming to the same, same, same way of thinking because it's dangerous to express an opinion that is, you know, um, challenging to others. And so those people that go way beyond this and express why they're here and they make a world um, that they believe in and the world they dream of and gift their 
their heart, give their soul, give their art, give their business, give their, their purpose to everyone else. It was at the, at the very beginning, that was why I started the podcast because I wanted, mm -hmm. I wanted to listen to those stories and yes. I didn't find enough of them. Mm -hmm. You know, we find a lot of like, <laughs> like uh, business mindset stories and a lot of like growth, growth, growth mindset. And this is how you become a millionaire. And that, mm -hmm. There's a place for that. I don't want to criticize that, but it just didn't feel like what I wanted to get more of. Mm -hmm. And so at, at, at the very beginning, from the frustration that there's too much doom and gloom out there, <laughs> I started pivoting towards the solutionists and said, I want to meet them. I want to become one of them. In fact, just by telling their story, I'm making it my story. So Julian, let me ask you this. You have now, you launched Green Planet, Blue Planet, how many years ago? Like three and a bit, yeah. Three and a bit. So in the three years that you've been doing this, what have been your sort of greatest realizations or greatest discoveries? Mm. And the change you've seen in yourself. Mm. Yeah, that's a great question, how it relates to the change in myself, actually, because otherwise mm -hmm. it's just another, you know, like yeah. just, just a bunch of words. Um, I think the change in myself is is more like a continuation of something that I understood before, but that I didn't embody every day. It's really that every day, what I do matters. What I say, who I connect with matters. And, you know, I'm a human being on planet earth. That means I'm definitely experiencing all states of emotions, but I'm connected and deeply committed to the well-being of my experience of, of the well-being of other experiences. And so the habits that, I engage in and I don't engage in. It just is apparent that those people that make change in the world, those people that, um, you know, drive social inclusion, that, that break down uh, barriers of the old, they don't spend a lot of time doing the same things everyone else does. In other words, if you want to live an extraordinary life, start making it extraordinary. Stop doing the ordinary. And so that really is, is taking place for me more and more and more that just you know, can you I give surrender. some examples? Yeah, sure. I surrender mm -hmm. and show up for, for what life is, 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 you know, teaching me. And so an example would be how, you know, breath work, Kriya yoga, chanting, singing is part of my daily life. And I don't think I've particularly looked for this 20 years ago, 10 years ago, but it's continually finding me and when I do it, something changes in my vibration, something changes in my resonance, something changes in the way I can connect with strangers and with friends alike. And so, you know, one of the things I've learned from the many people I've interviewed is when those habits find you, embrace them and drop out others. If that is, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be just like candid. If that is, you know, watching, binge watching TV series that are not adding any value to life, if that is watching or engaging in porn, if that is drinking, if that is drugs, those are all habits that at some point in my life, in certain ways I've engaged in, like most people do. And they're just, they're just being eradicated out of my daily life because there's no place for them. There's no, that energy doesn't match to the energy mm -hmm. of, of what I'm calling in. And it's so, no longer in alignment with who you are. Not at all. And, yeah. and so that means I had to experience that with each of those habits to understand, okay, you know, there, there is, there is a time and a place for everything, 
But as you're making your life extraordinary and as you're walking that walk to gift your gift to the world, those habits that support this start to show up more and more and more and everything else starts to fall away. And yeah, I mean, you know, did my, does my German group of friends with whom I grew up, who I all love very dearly, do, do they understand why I'm chanting every day for like a half an hour? Probably not. Do they need to understand? Probably neither. But, mm-hmm. you know, this is one of the many little habits. Um, what else? I think there's, there, there's, there's actually a lot. I'm, I'm just shying away from saying this was the most impressive or this is the, the best thing that, that I've learned. One of the things we already addressed is that by making, by telling someone else's story, you're making it your story. It is just fundamentally true because I'm continuously giving focus and effort and life and energy into it. And then another piece that's really shown up through how, this is how things connect. I was just about to say (laughs) how things connect, Stephanie. Things connect in incredible ways. People are connected in incredible ways. Mm-hmm. We are all very close relatives to each other in a, in a you know, sure. almost esoteric sense, in a very pragmatic sense as well. And so the groups well, of change is, makers, yeah. everyone knows everyone uh-huh. because we're one big family of people that's here to support each other to make this the new normal on the planet. And so that's something that's really that wasn't visible when I started this podcast that I'm going to continue to meet epic people in epic places. And that, you know, you could criticize how I could touch on environmental topics and at the same time still use airplanes. But I've, I've, I've surrendered so much that when life wants me to go to Brazil to, you know, uh, live more family love and learn how to give more family love and at the same time meet new people that are then ultimately connected to other people of my change-making journey and story. I just surrendered to it. And when I surrendered to it, this magic of how things connect becomes apparent in every step. And even though it's apparent in every step, and even though I'm used to the miracle now, it's still a absolute mind-boggling experience every single time. Amazing. Amazing. I feel like I would like us to even know whoever's listening is just to say, you know, you gave your example of, of your life and how, how much joy it's actually brought, how much expansion it's actually created in your life. And I would like to encourage anybody outside and everyone who's listening to step into that for you. It doesn't have to be in, it doesn't have to be about the environment. It doesn't have to be about the planet. It could be whatever your thing is, which only you can manifest and only you can express because that expression is held within you. That unique expression, if you do not express it, it is lost to the world, it is lost to us. And we would much rather see it being expressed and having you step into that rather than not. I just wanted to say that to anyone who's who's listening. uh, Double tap on that. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, Love. 100%. You expressing your gift to the world is a gift to the world. And that Mm -hmm. gift wants to be lived and expressed. Mm -hmm. That's why we're here. You called it a planet Earth. It's a school. I could not agree more. And as it is a school for us to self-realize 
the existence of the divine through the human form or to, you know, in other words, um, be in a species that is becoming aware of itself and be aware of the true mm -hmm. self in this experience. It's, it's, it's so delicious. It's so beautiful. It's, it's so joyful. It doesn't mean every moment is only joyful, but it means it's so joyful and it gets better and better and better the more people sing their song and, you know, dance their rhythm. Absolutely. Because it is in that diversity, it's in that unique expression of a multitude of colors and flavors. And that's what makes life awesome in that sense. And it's also in that expression <laughs> of the diversity that we stop counting the diversity. Exactly, exactly. Right? The moment everyone's truly expressing so many themselves problems. Mm -hmm. um, and not reactions to old states that we disagree with, that's a different form of expression. But when we fully, truly express ourselves from this evolutionary impulse, from this you know, state of being that we can design for, like we said earlier, like diversity becomes like a, a, a like a brush stroke of the of the divine. It's like exactly a song of birds. It's just it's just awesome in the most literal sense. And and we stop thinking about that we're different. Yeah, and no, awesome as in wonderment. It is this awe, right? And exactly. we start we, we wouldn't even talk about it anymore because it would just be part of life. Because we wouldn't start to we wouldn't stop and go oh wait a minute you know well that's this... already true in any group where people do right that. exactly no one talks about the differences we have other than just admiring them about each other because it is mm -hmm. what why we're here it is why Absolutely. we're here in seven billion different forms i mean anyone who's had deeply profound divine connections through meditation through silence through um psychedelics through plant medicines we're we're a big one expressed in 7 billion different ways. And so we're here to taste that. We're here to feel that. We're here to experience that. We're not here to box that and analyze that and criticize that. And, um, you know, and so on, on, on the freedom side of that, that's what that means is, is experiencing it, sharing it and enjoying mm -hmm. it. And there is great freedom. You said it. And we, I, we didn't even mention that, but that's a huge part of it as well as you come into true liberation in this process. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. 100%. Uh -huh. So Julian, this is, this has been an amazing podcast. Thank you so much for being my guest and so inspired by the work that you do. And how can one find you? What's the best way to contact you if they are looking for leadership coaching, breathwork meditation, or anything else or wanting to come on your show? Thank you, Stephanie, for having me. It, it was indeed an awesome time. I'm, enjoy <laughs> I'm enjoying it. Yeah, absolutely. I love the social media platforms, if it's Instagram, if it's Facebook. Uh, Clubhouse is a new one for whoever's out there. Uh, you can definitely reach out there and I'm sure you can drop my handle into the show Absolutely. notes of this episode. I will. And then my website has a lot more information about the work I do, about my podcast, about guests I had on, about the transformational leadership coaching I do, about the breathwork coaching I do. And um, yeah, re reach out on any of those platforms and I'll be happy to have a conversation with you. Thank you so much, Julian. And what a joy. And I'm still buzzing from the vibration that we co-created. So Thank, Thank you, you so, so much, much again. Stephanie. I'm so honored. Thank I you. was honored that you invited me on. I, I loved our conversation. Had a great time. And uh, let's do it again sometime. Sounds great. Thank you for listening. 
I hope you enjoyed this episode and found it stimulating and supportive for your journey. You are not alone, and we are all in this together to imagine and create a more conscious and elevated world. Wherever you are, we are without a doubt in an accelerated time of ascension. Be a part of this global movement now. Subscribe to this podcast and follow me at StephanieWang5D on Instagram or how things connect on Facebook and send me any feedback and questions which are always welcome. Just DM me on Instagram or email me on my website howthingsconnect.com. I also invite you to join our private How Things Connect community on Patreon for bonuses, exclusive content, group discussions with healers and experts and the opportunity to connect more directly. Stay tuned and stay connected.